Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots. I'm Chris Danielson, along with my best friend and bride, Emily. And it's Friday. That means it's time for Devotion in Motion. You got the motion. We've got the devotion. And Emily, you said, based on Sunday School from last Sunday with Philemon and Onesimus, that you're like, I'd like to be the devotionator this week on Friday. So it's Friday. Hit me. What do you got? So we got into the book of Philemon, my favorite favorite book of the Bible, and as I read through it again, you like we it started only one studying chapter. it. I know, right? <laughs> it's a short read. One quick letter from Paul, okay? But here's the great thing. The book of Philemon, you can read it in probably about seven minutes, the entire okay. thing. So if you haven't done it lately, or if you haven't done it at all, please do that sometime in the very near future, because it's going to do your heart good. Why? Because... The Book of Five Lehman is really the gospel of Jesus Christ lived out in a very practical manner, and we see the fruit and benefit thereof. And it's a glorious, glorious story to be told. And not only that, but it's a wonderful example of how we have to deal with conflict in our lives, whether it's in our families or in our church or in whatever capacity it is, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're going to have this rosy life that's conflict-free. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think God tends to give us very specific conflicts to teach us and show us and walk with us to learn things and mm-hmm. to do things. So he allows us to go through, go through certain things. If you've never read the book of Philemon, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you right now. Because <laughs> that would be long and you might snooze a little bit. I don't know. But to summarize, the story is basically you have Philemon who owns slaves. And at the time, of course, in biblical times, this was a very common practice. And in the Jewish culture, to, to mistreat a slave was very taboo. So we can think of it in terms of like what we think of it in modern day. You know, man always takes things and perverts it and twists mm-hmm. it and makes it awful. Yeah, a lot but, of the slave stuff back in that day was very similar to employees today. True, or, yeah. you know, even deep contracted employees where, yeah. you know, you're you're tied to this company or to this person or right. to this, you know, business owner. Um, there was also actual slaves. There was like four different levels of slaves. Different types of slavery. But so. once you were under this contract of employment or yeah. slavery for the time, I yeah. mean, the word slavery has such a different connotation than what it was for a lot of the so-called slaves back in, right, in right. ancient days. Yeah. You have to understand the context. Exactly. And like I was saying, um, it's not uh, in the Hebrew culture, it was taboo to mistreat people right. in that way. You tra- you were supposed to treat them very well. And number two, it was a contractual thing that was uh, mutual. Mm-hmm. The two entered into that covenant together. That's so, where I try to use the word employee, employer. Yeah, exactly. Although that doesn't really hit it on the you know the nail on the head, but it gives yeah. us a little bit better context of ancient times bit and what was going down. So Onesimus is a slave, and Onesimus decides to I don't know what the deal is if he like took a little money so that he could get by or whatever, and he and he runs away from 
his master, who is Philemon. Now, in Roman culture at the time, that was punishable by death. By death. So somehow, some way, I don't know how it all happens. There's a lot of stuff left out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, because we got, we got the important stuff. We get stuff. the gist of it. Somehow, some way, Onesimus runs into Paul. And Paul just happens to be the one that shared the gospel with Phi, with Onesimus's master, Philemon. Philemon. So, long story short, obviously, Paul brings Philemon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Philemon accepts it and repents. And now it's time to, now what? Let's resolve this conflict that we have. And they come to the conclusion, Paul comes to the conclusion that Onesimus, you have to go back to Philemon and you have to make this right. Of course, he's a slave. How is he going to pay back what he stole? How is he going to, how is he really, truly going to make it right? Because Philemon, you know, there was genuine loss there in Onesimus doing what he did. And so, so just to help Onesimus make this right, Paul writes a letter to Philemon on his behalf on his behalf in order to help them to reconcile. Right. In other words, Paul's saying, look, Philemon, if you have any slack to cut, cut it for this guy because he's not the same guy who bolted with the, yes. with the bag of money. Now that uh, Onesimus is a believer, Paul equates him to a brother, to his very heart. They are equals in Christ Jesus. And so it's just a very interesting letter. First of all, Paul addresses the letter not just to Philemon, but also to Philemon's wife, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd for that time when you think about it, because women didn't really have much say or weight or pull in Well, it's in been, it's been known all. since the Garden of Eve, uh, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, yeah. that the husband might be the head, but the woman's the neck. And Paul knew that. <laughs> yeah, the woman turns the, turns yeah, the head, Yeah, so addressing right? her would help Philemon turns, turn his head towards exactly. mercy, which is what Paul was asking for. And he also addresses the letter specifically to Philemon's son and the church. Now, at the time, there's this church that's gathering at Philemon's house for worship. So he's sending Onesimus back with this letter confirming Onesimus is now a believer and Onesimus is now my brother. And so I want you to accept him back just as you would accept me as your brother, Mm -hmm. more than a servant, more than a slave, but as a brother. So it's such a great example of the gospel of Jesus Christ lived out, like I said. It is a picture of the reconciliation that mankind can have, not just with God, but with one another. It gives us a model to um, follow. You know, when we go back into the scriptures and we read like in Matthew and in Corinthians and, and all these places where people are trying to to make life work together, but there's conflict. Right. God gives us instruction over and over and over again in many different parts of the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament. And this one letter to Philemon demonstrates the whole kit and caboodle. 
Like, this is what we do. This is what we're supposed to try to do. Exactly. And it's really... It's so easy to study it, but then when you have to actually put something like that into practice, it's much more difficult to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which separates the authentic Christian from the... Well, just in our life over the last 20 years, we've Mm -hmm. ran into it multiple times, so it's easy to spot. And that is a complete immature Christian who thinks they're mature. Right. And it's you try to restore them gently you try to teach them gently you try to let yeah. god be uh you know the spirit of god and his word be the unleashed tiger on their soul mm-hmm. but when push comes to shove paul is trusting that philemon is going to have an authentic spiritual maturity exactly. so he's not sending onesimus to his death right exactly and there are so many times in american christianity where you don't see the philemon in people, true. You, yeah, you, they you, want to hold on a little bit. Yeah, they yeah. need their they need their pound of flesh. It's like yeah. I'll forgive as long as I get a little swipe in, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that's not how Jesus operates. And even if we want it to be that way, then we're wrong, yeah. and we got to accept that. Yeah. So you can choose Jesus's way, or you can choose the flesh way. It is. It's not. It's not easy because it's not intuitive. It's kind of counter counter to our human nature to behave in this way and yet you're exactly right chris uh paul was confident in philemon's ability to read this letter and to do what okay everyone in the room now we all really know what god expects us to do and paul was confident in philemon's ability to do that which says a lot about philemon and not only that but Paul says, you know, if there's anything that that is in the rears that that he owes you, charge it to me. Let me take that on and make it right with you. Don't worry about. But there's one key thing too when Paul's saying that. Yeah, I believe Onesimus had to be completely contrite and repentant of. Oh, heart. absolutely. You know what I mean? He wasn't just well. Okay, he's repented of his sins now. He's a Christian, so now we're gonna just do this dog and pony show, and we're just gonna trust Philemon being spiritually mature. No, he was banking on the fact that Onesimus was truly repentant and wanting to make things right. There's some more of that confidence that we were talking about. Not only was Paul confident in the fact that Philemon would do what he ought to do in Christ Jesus, but he was now also very confident that Onesimus was gonna do what he ought to do in Christ Jesus. Oh, gee, I wonder if that comes from Christ Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's not a human thing. It's a beautiful story. I'm telling you, get into God's Word. Read that short little book today because it's going to refresh your heart. And, um, you know, Paul just lived as, as the Christ example in this story. And he, and he tells Philemon, take his his wrongs and charge them to me and i will make it right and that's exactly what jesus does for us Mm -hmm. any of those wrongs that people do to you or to your family or loved ones or whatever you can take that and you can say charge that to the lord jesus christ let him take care of it let him make it right and then i as philemon can let it go can i want to make i want to see a motion picture an epic motion picture made out of this one letter from paul and emily wants 
me to write the script. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. I got the, what do you call the first one sheeter that you do? Yeah. I got that done. Yeah. You, and your log line. Yeah. You, you're you're <laughs> well on your way. You're well on your way. And we have the script writing software on my yeah, computer. It's so practically we're, we're, done. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to do it for us on this Friday. Don't forget, BibleIdiots.com is the website. Go there. Give a gift to the ministry. Help get us going. It doesn't matter the amount. We just like to be encouraged uh, that you're out there being impacted by this effort every single week. Monday and Friday, it's the Chris and Emily Show, where we laugh louder, dig deeper, live larger. Wednesday's long-form teaching. And if you want to join the mailbag, we need a good collection of mailbag. We're running a little thin. We'd so love to hear from you. That email address is at BibleIdiots.com, upper left-hand corner. And the reason I'm not giving it to you over the air right now is I want you to go to the website so you can see the little thing that says, would you mind giving a gift today? (laughs) I joke. BibleIdiots.com is our website. She's Emily. I'm Chris. She's my best friend and bride. You get into the word of God today and then go and serve your king.